Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon, here with my co-host, Eric Trexler. Hello, and you're Eric. in the office, Rachel. I'm in the office. Can you tell? I can. I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> live in person. I'm coming down awesome. to Austin. It's been, how long has it been since I saw you in person? Uh, probably SKO back in February, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I shut out that chandelier of yours, remember? You were not oh, happy with me that day. I know. I, I don't know if we talked to... about it, but I shot a uh, $10,000 chandelier out with a, uh, a t-shirt can and, and Rachel ran the show. Yeah. To our yeah. listeners, it was not her finest day with me. I had a good time, though. Luckily, could, nobody, got go wrong? nobody got what hurt. What could go wrong in a ballroom <laughs> with a t-shirt cannon? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, but I'm excited for today's guest because we're going to get into an area that I'm not as familiar with. Uh, joining us today is Bosch Kazi. He is the CEO of Cyber Range Solutions. Uh, and I'm really, really, really excited to jump in our chat today, Bosch. Welcome. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. From our nation's capital. It's a beautiful day here. Amazing. Uh, flowers have started to bloom. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's cherry blossom season. Yeah, we passed that. Well, we're, we're probably we're a month into that, but yeah. Oh, okay. The cherry blossoms bloom, Rachel, but it's still cold and damp and wet. <laughs> it's about a month after that when you really start to feel the warmth in DC. And we had an uh-huh. eighty some degree day yesterday. So it's 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 nice. Best time of nice. the year here. Yeah. So, Bosh, I am really curious. We were talking a little bit before we got on the podcast, and I, I love you. You had such a really interesting story how you kind of, you know, came to be here with Cyber Range Solutions, and I would love you to kind of give us your origin story here uh, on on how you got to where we are today. Thanks, Rachel. So, um, I am the, the I'm the founder and uh, CEO of Cyber Range Solutions. My uh, background is in engineering, um, and most of my engineering work was uh, associated with uh, my my previous ventures, um, where I ran a defense contracting firm, um, where we were doing systems integration, design, engineering, and manufacturing of uh, various types of hardware platforms to assist the U.S. warfighter in challenging and austere environments. as I was, uh, you know, back in 2016, uh, walking through the corridors of power at the Department of Defense, I was being guided by some of the contract officers and um, the, the subject matter experts that the, the U.S. DOD's um, budgets uh, were were be, were being moved substantially from. Um, the traditional platforms towards more of the information technologies mm-hmm. and information technology related security uh, expenditures. Um, being an opportunist that I am, uh, I started thinking about how to pivot my organization and not knowing anything about cyber mm-hmm. um, and not being intimidated by technology. I did what I would consider anybody else to do, and that is go and see uh, 
subject matter experts in the industry, in the sector. Back in okay. 2000. So you're doing your research. Yeah. yeah. I, I started, I went out to the largest cybersecurity exhibition, which was held at the Moscone Center every year, uh, called RSA. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite. That's right. <laughs> And I remember walking for days and not stopping for more than a couple of minutes at every booth that I found interesting. And as I described to you earlier, Rachel, um, all I saw was every single vendor and OEM uh, was claiming to have the latest widget or gadget or appliance or software or tool to solve problems. Um, But the glaring biggest issue that I that I saw or recognized was the fact that there weren't adequately trained individuals to use those appliances. And, you know, a, a software is only as good as the individual that's using it. A tool yeah. is only as good as um, the subject matter expert that is trained towards uh, applying it. So I... Um, I, I continued to uh, investigate, and I, I saw a um, an article in uh, the magazine that was handed out, mm-hmm. um, which was written by the, the Gartner Group, right. um, where they were uh, indicating that back in 2016, there were over a quarter million unfilled cybersecurity positions in the United States alone. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to version to over a half a million by 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I is think, way low because there are other reports saying 1 million shortage yeah. by 2021. So right. big problem. Yeah, there is a, there is a huge big problem. There. So what I realized as my opportunity was – how to bring all of this together in creating a solution that would allow for rapid deployment of cybersecurity personnel, especially for my primary customer, which was the U.S. government, the Department mm-hmm. of Defense. And uh, the, the solution came to me from my research into this subject um, with um, w- with some of our partners, especially overseas. And one of our partners um, was working with the Israeli Defense Forces um, to solve the same issue uh, in in Israel. And what uh, this partner had done was use experiential learning to help uh, shorten the gap in training cybersecurity resources. You know, just like a a, a young surgeon follows a surgical guide and practices on like 3D printed cadavers before using a scalpel on like real flesh. Just like right. pilots train in flight simulators before right. their first real takeoff and firemen encounter several controlled fires before they're trusted to enter a burning building or soldiers train in a simulated battlefield before entering the front line of a civilian town, just like these doctors, pilots, firemen, and soldiers receive training and real-world simulation scenarios, cybersecurity professionals require the same type of learning to prepare for their first jobs. Mm-hmm. And that, in my opinion, is all based on experiential learning. What is that? 
is the process whereby knowledge is created through the transformation of experience. Right. Where knowledge comes from a combination of grasping and transmitting experiences. Um, this process of building a standard operating procedure using conditioned reflex actions, what we call muscle memory, right. transformed using real-world tools that are being introduced by all of these OEMs that I saw at RSA, which is the origins of a cyber range. Cyber range is a hyper-realistic simulation environment which incorporates and integrates all of the necessary tools, the intrusion detection systems, the firewall monitoring systems, the SIMs, to create a real-world scenario in a sandboxed environment. Okay. You're not putting your live production right. at risk. To help you mitigate and thwart real live risks while being in a, um, in a completely uh, sandboxed environment. So Bash, you're, you're not talking about on-the-job training. And you're not talking about something, you know, somebody goes to school and, and, and gets a degree in, you know, cybersecurity or, or whatever it may be. You're talking about a, a purpose-built environment here where people can go and practice, they can test, and then gain experience so that then when they enter the real world or when they go back to their real world positions, they're more qualified, more knowledgeable, Correct. Very true. Uh, Eric, cybersecurity skills are very specialized. Just yeah. as I stated earlier, um, you know, they, the cyber skills differ in terms of the, their, um, the ability for an individual to acquire them as compared to the skills learned through traditional textbook training. You can't right. train a fighter pilot purely in a classroom how to commandeer a, an NF-16. Right. You can't train a surgeon only in a classroom right. on how to, um, to conduct um, anything unless they've practiced on, uh, on cadavers before. Mm -hmm. um, same way you can't uh, teach a cybersecurity subject matter expert about all the latest hacks and attacks and how to develop a conditioned, you know, muscle memory uh, standard operating procedure for themselves unless they're subjected to um, experiencing these attacks in a simulated environment. So do a lot of schools use cyber ranges or is it prim primarily the government or what's your experience there? Um, at present, um, I, I see uh, the, the initial use of cyber ranges was by large organizations such as the Department of Defense and the DOD contractors. Um, but we are starting to see um, introduction of uh, cyber ranges at, at NSA centers of academic excellence across the U.S. Okay. And, by, and it is being adopted by academia um globally wow which okay. last i checked was i think i think nsa was over 40 schools weren't they 
I think it's probably more than that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a small number. No. So okay. so yeah. they're taking off. There, yeah, there there are a lot of uh, NSA centers of academic excellence across the U.S. We work with about eighteen of them. Um, you know, our Cyberain Solutions develops and delivers hyperrealistic simulation platforms. These cyber ranges. We also um, help in creating custom learning management systems and customized industry-specific cybersecurity training modules, scenarios, and um, uh, allow for you know, professionals and students to utilize them in either an on-prem or cloud-enabled environment. Okay. Okay. And, and these aren't tiny schools either. They're Dartmouth, Tulsa... NYU, I believe. I mean, these are, you know, brand name schools, Rachel. That's a, that's awesome. Because that's something that we've talked about in the past, Eric, is, you know, getting the right curriculum, right? The right training. And, you know, cyber is so dynamic. It's, you know, if it's in a textbook, it's maybe too late. <laughs> you know, that time is already sailed by the time it got published. You know, so how do you keep real-time skills? Because that's, you know, also something I, I follow a lot of folks on InfoSec Twitter, and it's, it's one of the comments that they make a lot, um, you know, when they go into uh, interviews, for example, you know, that some people focus more on the textbook where others focus more on, you know, the actual experience. You don't need a college degree, um, you know, but that hands-on experience, Bosch, like what you're talking about, um, that's invaluable, right? Because you're, you're, you're getting in that real-world environment and the pressures that come with it, ostensibly. Yeah, so, you know, we, we don't just provide... Uh, the customized training. We also do some very specialized training for government organizations. For example, mm -hmm. uh, training programs that are for red teams, blue right. teams, threat hunting. So I'll go a little bit more into that. You know, a, a red team is an offensive uh, team for security professionals who are experts in attacking systems and uh, breaking into their defenses, blue teams attacking, are attacking friendly systems to to ensure that common vulnerabilities and openings aren't available. Well, in certain some some cases and in other cases, these are actual offensive teams. Okay, uh, taking out um, uh, a, a, a nation's critical national infrastructure, mm -hmm. an adversarial nation's critical national infrastructure. And this is one of so, my big okay. interests, by the way, Bosch, is, is the whole offensive strategy. So, uh, this, this Rachel wants to take a small country down <laughs> via keystrokes at some point in her life. No, no, nothing like that. Nothing like but we're that. not going to go into detail yeah, on that just yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then, so we've got the red teams. And then there are blue teams, which are defensive security professionals responsible for like maintaining internal network defenses against all of the cyber attacks and threats. A blue team typically, typically consists of uh, security professionals who have a really good view of a, uh, an organization's network architecture, and they, they're there to protect the organization's critical assets against any of these threats. Yeah, the these network defenders, are, if you will. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're yep. the network defenders, and their objective is to strengthen the castle wall so that no intruder can compromise the defenses. Um, 
what what we typically do is we work with these red and blue teams to create exercises that provide a holistic security solution, ensuring that the strong defenses are there while keeping in view all of the evolving threats. So we bring into this cyber range or range of ranges using all the various platforms that are available and assets and tools, um, and then inject uh, the known hacks and malware into this sandboxed environment to allow um, subject matter experts or students to practice and hone their skills. So, Bash, if, if, if I'm, I'm thinking of a flight simulator mm-hmm. primarily right now, right? You're an existing pilot. You have some level of education about about flying. You may know the plane or helicopter you're you're assigned to. And instead of flying real time all the time, which is expensive, you get in the flight simulator periodically and people throw scenarios at you and see how you react. They train you to do things so that when you go into the real world and you lose an engine or you lose a control surface or something, you're okay. Same concept, right? Exactly the same concept. So So will people go back? so, So, you know, we're not just talking initial training. Even over time, will will people rotate through a cyber range typically and deal with the latest and greatest threats or technologies or whatever it may be to keep their skills up or to improve on their skills? Very good question, Eric. Um, you know, continuous training is crucial to preventing and resolving incidents. <laughs> the number one ROI in cybersecurity uh, is spending money on training for an organization. Um, a cybersecurity career demands continuing education. So I think it is imperative for managers, CISOs, and leadership inside organizations to make education and retraining a top priority. Um, CISOs should encourage their staff men- members to join professional organizations and mm-hmm. pursue advanced training courses. It is a, an, an, an urgent need for skilled resources to retrain in specific custom environments that mimic their specific network architecture without risking their live production systems. And that is where okay. the use of cyber ranges come in. So the cyber range will mock up the infrastructure that the, let's just say the defenders in this case, are working in. Correct. They, they will range, then, go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Cyber range is an, like, it's an interactive simulated representation of the okay. organization's local network, their systems, tools, and applications that are connected to a sim, simulated internet level environment. This okay. provides you with a safe legal environment to gain hands-on skills and a secure environment to product deve- to do product development and to do security posture testing. Mm-hmm. You know, if um, a, a lot of in, uh, organizations, when they want to launch a new product, um, they want to do some network penetration testing. And that cannot be done uh, in a safe manner, unless you're in this virtualized environment like a cyber range. 
where I'm just getting half of, uh, more than half of our customers to think about cybersecurity as they launch a new capability, let alone actually get out to a range, mock it up and play with it. I mean, Rachel, how many people have we talked about who said, build it in, right? What, what did Sudakar say? Remember his tagline on security? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Remind me. I had it written down. Come on. Uh, you got to build security in from the beginning, right? Yes. Okay. You've got to well, build it in. Yeah. We, we don't have customers who typically even think about cyber as mm. they're rolling out a new, a new platform. Right. It bolts I, it on I, after. I, I love yeah. the idea of the cyber range, but how many people think about that, Bosh? Um, security by design, oh, Rachel. It was security by design. No, remember? I know. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I was thinking of something else that he said. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can include in this cyber range actual hardware and software, and it can right. be a combination of actual and virtual components. Uh, some of these ranges are interoperable with other ranges because each range uses a different uh, software platform and uh, their, their interoperability um, is, is pretty critical. So we, we typically like to encourage our um, clients, customers um, to use different range environments in order to be able to experience all the tools that are available um, in, in the, the marketplace. Um, the okay. the, the internet, internet level piece of the range environment will, you know, include not only the simulated traffic, but it also replicates network services like, you know, web, web pages, browsers, and email as needed by the customer. We will help our clients develop that customized piece to ensure that the, that the students or staff that is, that is getting trained in this environment can hit the ground running when they go back to on-the-job application of the skills that they've acquired. And, and how long, so, so my organization, whether it's a schoolhouse in a training world or it's a business or government agency that wants to send its team through. We, we work out with the, with the local cyber range that we're affiliated with or that we're aware of or whatever. How long are, are, are the people in the class, right? Is, is it a one day, a, a one week, a two week class? You know, what part of it, uh, of the class is it? Like, how does that all work? I'm curious. Well, so it, it, with, the, with the aid of a cyber range, uh, we are able to develop modules, courses, uh, content, labs that can range from as little as 30 minutes or one hour on a specific topic to um, hands-on training for uh, two to three weeks at a time. Rachel, could you imagine this? You and I strap in, we put our helmets on, and we descend into the range for 45 minutes? That'd no, be a well, disaster. I, I imagine like a week, just you're locked in a windowless room for a week, right? And you just have Mountain Dew to keep you going while you try to solve the <laughs> problem. Be, I'd be looking for my personal <laughs> keyboard. I'd be like, hey, where's my trackpad? I mean, that would be a... <laughs> that would be fun, putting you and I in the middle of the range. That's exactly right. We'd solve all the world's problems, too. Very quickly, very quickly. <laughs> 
it sounds like something like this could be very useful to um, hackers as well, right? If they wanted to kind of bone up their skills or what have you. I mean, is I, I know there's always, there's two sides of every coin. I mean, do you ever get hit up by, you know, I don't <laughs> Conti the group. adversaries. Or, yeah, any of those guys <laughs> who are like, hey, we'd we like to get some new skills, Bosh. Uh, you know, do you, will, you, will you sell it to us? Has that ever come up? Um, ha- hasn't come up yet, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure no hacker is going to come in and tell, tell us that they're a hacker and they would like right. to use the range to own it. So, so Rachel, I, I love the way you're thinking and I agree <laughs> with you with one small flaw. Uh-huh. I personally feel like the whole world is for a hacker. The whole world is their range. That is their cyber range. And if they want to target a nation state or they want to target somebody, they can pick a lesser consequential target to practice on Ah. as they go. Maybe on very specific nation state activity, I could see them not wanting to make mistakes so they wouldn't get detected. Right. Exactly. But the whole world is their cyber range. Hack away. Like when you want to take that small country down for a few minutes, I mean, I don't know. Pick Tanzania and practice on them. Nobody's going to do anything to you. A few years back, we were invited to uh, a, a voter hacking village simulation at DEF CON in Las Vegas. Ooh, okay. We ended up uh, creating a, a, a simulation of the latest um, uh, voting machines connected to a, a, a voter database. Yes. And okay. simulated it on the range. It was, it was covered by, by CNN. Uh, I remember that. Yes, yes. Very cool. And I remember there was a a 15-year-old girl from uh, Florida, um, uh, a high school student who was able to hack into uh, the the system that was simulated on the range in less than 15 minutes. Um, Hopefully we learned from that and closed up some of the vulnerabilities that were discovered. Um, yes, I, I think the, there was a National Governors Association um, uh, led um, study that was done on how to defend against uh, uh, attacks on uh, on voter hacking machines, and and I think yeah. uh, the, the the results of that study were were published uh, um, back in two thousand and seventeen and eighteen. Um, and, and most of them have been, um, have been actually, um, taken care of, uh, with, uh, in, in the most recent elections. Okay. I mean, that's the beauty of the range. I yeah. think you can train, you can train personnel, but you can also identify gaps, especially if it's mocked up relatively closely to your, to your right. environment. You can identify gaps in your defensive posture as an organization that you can close up at the same time, almost like you're red teaming your own organization as you're going through it. Bosh, you're, you're looking at me like that's not quite the way it works. No, that, that is, you know, we're, I, think, I, I think some of this needs to be uh, ad- addressed at with academia because I, mm. I think we need to develop um, a an, a comprehensive system um, whereby. The academic world um, takes a a look uh, at how to take some of these 
workforce development requirements and adapts to the changing technological landscape. Um, I don't right. think that a typical two-year or four-year college degree is the most appropriate route for uh, folks like cybersecurity professionals. I, mm-hmm. I, I think we need to develop um, programs that are adapted to the uh, to to the requirements in the industry. Um, and, and I think there is a greater need for public-private partnership that, you know, leverages uh, the, the latest technologies available to us in this arena. I agree with you. And it's a lot better than the mandatory four or five or six hours of training you have to take once a year on cybersecurity, right? Don't pick a USB drive up in the parking lot and put it into your computer or, you know, if you get a phishing email, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's, to me, this is like a pilot a doctor, you know, police officer where they have to qualify mm-hmm. with their weapon at the range every couple of months, right. or right. six, six months, whatever it may be, where we can hone our skills, we can develop and hone our skills. I don't hear enough about the use of cyber ranges. I, I got, I've been in this business two decades now. I wouldn't even know where to go right. if somebody came to me and said, hey, I want to put my people through a cyber range. I don't even know. Where, well, before this podcast, of course, I didn't know where <laughs> Before to go. today, right. <laughs> now I know the expert who I would call. But I don't think, I don't think we're getting enough, enough exposure out there on the learning capability around cyber mm-hmm. ranges. Um, one of the... One of the the key areas for um, the framework which is developed for cybersecurity education is um, is to go and look at um, what the work that has been done by the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education, uh, NICE, which is um, you know led by the National Institution of Standards and Technology in the U.S. Department of Commerce. Um, this is a you know partnership between the government, academia, and the private sector, focused on cybersecurity education and workforce development. Most right. of the um, the prevailing uh, you know tools uh, that are deployed for cyber ranges in the U.S. follow the Nice framework, and this provides a a really good set of building blocks for describing tasks, knowledge, and skills. Uh, needed to perform cybersecurity work, so it's a uh, you know it's it's based on standards that are recognized by the industry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have one last question. Unless you do, Rachel, I know we're at time. No, 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 no. Go ahead. What percentage of organizations put their people through a cyber range? Any idea? Uh, a very small percentage, and and even like of single large- digits. Low uh, double digits? I, I haven't seen the statistics on that. I, I, okay. I get a lot of my statistics from cyberseek.org um, yeah. and, uh, you know, from the Gartner Group. Um, I would say even though most CISOs and organizations consider training to be their number one uh, return on investment in cybersecurity, mm-hmm. I don't think that um, – that, the recommended amount of uh, funds are allocated off your overall cybersecurity budgets on training. And I think it should be uh, close to between 5 to 8% of your total cybersecurity budget should be allocated on training or as high as 10 to 15%. Because- Gosh, I, I, I agree with you. 
you know, as a product vendor, what we see are people talk training and they buy product. Right. Right. They buy it all day long. I mean, maybe they buy consulting to implement product and work with it, but we do not see hunting. We do not see training at the levels we need. We'll, we'll end the show there. Uh, full agreement with you. You know, the more qualified our people are, the better capable they are. I think the better off we are, regardless Absolutely. of the products out there. So, Rachel, you're in luck when you decide to change your uh, activities down the road one day. Unless we change something, we will not have the qualified <laughs> defenders out there to prevent you from That's getting right. in. That's right. That's right. So, so it, the time has the, come, Rachel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you for the great work that you're doing, Bosch, because, you know, these, this is really important, and, and I don't know that it's getting talked about enough either, um, you know, in, in the security industry, and it's definitely something that needs to rise to the top, because it's, I, you know, again, following up us at Twitter, I mean, everyone talks about kind of the, the classes they're taking or, you know, what they're learning, but they don't know where to go as well, right? You know, where do you get the information you need so that you can get this training and, and be more effective? Well, one thing I do want to touch up on is, uh, you know, a lot of cybersecurity jobs, especially with the government, require some form of security clearance. And, and mm -hmm. one of the, the best groups of individuals that, that we don't spend enough time um, to promote cybersecurity as a, uh, as a field are our veterans who have already sacrificed a lot in their fight for our freedom. Um, yep. they need our help in assimilating into society when they return back home. And since most of them already possess security clearances, cyber is an ideal field for them to build skills in a short period of time and to enter mm -hmm. the workforce. Um, because we've got such a massive shortage of, of cyber talent, um, I would suggest that, that um, any of the veterans uh, that, are, that are listening in should go to the website My Next Move to help identify how uh, they can work and, and, and get examples. Uh, they, also, they should also uh, visit the Federal Virtual Training Environment, FedVTE, which provides free online cybersecurity training for U.S. government personnel and veterans. Um, we are part of some of those programs, and, and a lot of those programs are funded uh, and, and free of charge for our, our military uh, personnel and, and veterans. That's wonderful. So it's fedvte.com? Yeah. Fedvte. Oh, VTE is an echo. Yes. Tango yes. echo. Victor Tango. We'll, include that in, we'll definitely include that in the notes, everybody. So Yeah, so we're going to have to put it in the notes because the domain's for sale right now for $21.95. <laughs> so I think I messed something up. Uh, $2,195. Yeah. So, Rachel, unless, <laughs> unless you go and get us some money from somewhere, you know, steal some crypto or something, I'm not buying it. We'll put uh, it in well, the notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bosch. This thank has been you, really, really great conversation. I've learned a lot. Um, and again, you know, thanks for the great work you're doing because it's, you know, we we need all the help we can get out there. And and I think a lot of people don't realize you don't need a degree. You know, you you just need some yep. hands-on training, um, you know, and an interest and an aptitude. And uh, and you can do really great things and, you know, save people some from some really bad things happening uh, to their organizations. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Eric. All right. Okay, I'm going to so, hit it, Rachel. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> hit the subscribe button, listeners, and you'll get a fresh episode every Tuesday right to your email. So until next time, everyone, what do we like to say, Eric? Uh, security by design. Be safe. <laughs>
be safe, don't be sorry, and go get some training. That's right. All right. Bye, everyone. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts.